0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والآखبة المتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وصلوات الله وسلامه على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه يجمعنا اللهم لا سهلة إلا ما جعلت وسهلة وأنت تجل الحزن إذا شئت سهلة اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. Hope all you guys are well in الله. Good to see Jiva and Fazana made it as well. Well done. Couldn't bring the rest of the family, no? (laughs) They're having a doubt. They're having a a doubt, yeah? We were all at Umrah, Alhamdulillah, we just got back. I got back today. Lala, I think, is still on the way back. Uh, Usman, Birsab, somewhere along the way. You know that he got bumped off the flight. Shazi got bumped off the flight, yeah? Well, I have to say that he didn't try very hard to not get bumped off the flight because he's a. True Paggy. They offered 300 uh, uh, euros I said If you dare Accept 300 euros I'm going to kill you I go As a bare minimum You have to negotiate Three things And then I'll swap with you An upgrade to business class The next flight So our flight was 7.30 The next one was one ten. No difference to be honest Because you get Lounge and stuff And at least 300 quid Lala did well, yeah. He did well. He negotiated 400 quid, <laughs> upgrade to business class, 110 flight, and is- Mashallah, man. And uh, and uh, big lounge, nice lounge to be honest. Huh? That's it. <laughs> <And> extra bonus, <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. You know. <laughs> When we were going, when we were leaving, it was completely overbooked, the flight. And I was telling all these packers here, yeah, take the option. I was saying all of them, but not a single one did it. Very disappointed to be honest. The, you know, the, the quality of packness is, <laughs> is going down. They could have come the next day. They could be in the monies. They'd spend that money and have been laughing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, don't get religious on us now, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't don't get old deeny on us now. Lala won't like that. We don't like getting involving dean in in issues like this, okay? This is money now. <laughs> Take it then. All right. So, welcome to all the new people who have joined us as well. Um so today, inshallah, we're going to be uh jumping into one of the key uh arkan of the prayer um and i want to actually this lesson is going to be all over the show actually i want to share quite a few notes from different places from mushaf from divine link from sheikh muhammad shankita's class and from sheikh muhammad dim Saleh al-uthameen's points upon the commentary uh, or his commentary on mulhajawi's text uh, but before i do that we want to do two things one is to answer one final point that he asks Sheikh asks, which is related to the prayer line from last week, and then the questions that are, are outstanding from the last week or two weeks, as Rafael was saying, bring it up, Shaz. Um So, firstly, at the, the uh, first, no, 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 this uh, these questions that are nine questions or whatever. So, anyway, uh, from last week, uh, Mesa was saying that uh, if there is a uh, if the imam is in a room. Um, that is adjacent to the um by the way, I never saw all these uh, questions. To oh, bit, no. Uh, no, I'm saying even before I didn't see them. Uh go up shadow. Meso saying that if the women's uh uh, uh musalla is to the take um, this is this week's lesson, they the question. We'll get to it in it. Right. If the women are in a room that is adjacent to the men's room, the Imam is not in front of them. Yeah, so they're on a line, basically. Like like here actually. Yeah, like exactly like here. Got men here, we've got women here. Yeah. And that's not the normal vote, that's only on today, yeah. Then do the women also uh do the line uh, uh do they also um go to the middle of their line? Does that make sense? It's actually a really good question. Okay, it's a really good question. I don't know the answer to that either and I need to think about it. Are restrictions on women's line? Say that again. there restrictions on the women's line? they to the men's restrictions? All the rulings, this is a really good point, okay? Mormon said, are there any restrictions to the women's line? Let me explain something. That the, it is the preponderant opinion, the Rajah, the correct opinion, that every single fiqh ruling that applies to a male, applies to a female, except when there is distinct clear evidence to suggest the alternative, Right? And so therefore rules that apply to the uh, lines all apply other than the exception so straightening close together gaps blah 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 until we're told that the female imam is in the middle and that's not from the prophet by the way but just actions of the companions until we see that the prophet says that the worst lines are the front and then the best lines are at the back so those are the exceptions otherwise they're the same so in theory in theory absolutely the 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 women's line they will stand in the middle and then they'll build to the right and then equal left build to the right equal left and they keep equalizing like that and that's the correct position but here the imam's over here the men are behind the imam directly and they are not behind the imen which is if they were there would be a question here they'd of course just follow the same system as the men they're actually on the right-hand side or the left-hand side they're adjacent to the men there's a barrier in between or let's say there's a big gap in between what should their principle be I think that what Mesa asks is correct that the normal rule would not apply now the normal rule of creating a pseudo structure in their section as if there was an Imam standing in front of them I don't think would apply I think that they would continue the first line to the left-hand side connected to the brothers that's only because they're right next to if This is a want, unique situation.
1: Want, let's
0: say, a so na- so then, okay, now let's look at different scenarios. So the also, as we said is that they should be behind and they should be straight. But if they're being put at different angles, okay, I think every time the situation will... First of all, I think that they should be flexible, no doubt about it, because they're, they're, they're being put in a scenario that shouldn't theoretically be like that. So the response would be a flexible one. But if someone was to say, what's the best... I think the best would be case by case. So the adjacent one I think is pretty straightforward, you'd kind of connect the line so you'd go to the extreme left or right. And if as you're saying you're on the balcony, you could probably do straight or behind the imam if you well, couldn't.
1: Usually the balcony is not at the back of the room. So usually a mosque in the UK is adapted from some random building. Yep. And the women's room is somewhere
0: else. So let's assume like it's the house here, so yeah. it's somewhere else. Then I no think relations. it yeah, no relation to the spatial arrangement of the actual main hall. I think it would make sense for it to be an independent center of the, of the room construct. And Allah knows best. That's what makes most sense.
1: This, is, this might seem like nitpicking, but we have a big problem in, in LinkedIn, mm-hmm. which is that most of the Roman section is ahead of the man.
0: Yeah. So this is something which is not permissible unless for a need. So as part of the Asal, no one is allowed, as status quo basic, it's not allowed for a, a man or woman to be in front of the Imam, regardless of man or woman. Um, and that's something which I we put the bench there to make sure, because women can't see where the Imam is. And that's why when you guys come in, it's important that you start further back. Uh, because the Imam is actually where uh, you're sitting, right there. That's exactly where the Imam is standing. Okay, Only in this current setup. So um it doesn't matter man or woman they need to be behind unless there is some difficulty if there's like real lack of space or some issue then the exception could could allow it okay yeah I
1: was going to ask uh, so in a situation like this um, you um, would it be preferable for the woman to play at Cause you're it. would it be okay to play
0: yeah well like to be honest it's it's uh it's uh it's 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 a difficult one to say 100% what's best when you've got this kind of situation where the thing is coming all the way up to the side of the men okay the barrier in my opinion negates the the actual reason why a woman prays at the back because there's no barrier in the presence of a barrier should she still pray at the back that's up in the air for discussion and that's why my answer to you would be if she prays here or there I think it's okay I think that if a person was to pray at the back would be more rewarded. Everything which is more covering and hidden for the woman in any aspect of life. Yani, what is astur yani What is more covering, more modest, more out of the eye for a woman in any stage is more rewarded. When it's done intentionally. If it's done because a person, you know, is just ill or something, yeah, whatever, that's not rewarded. But a person who intentionally keeps themselves out of the public eye for a female is rewarded. No doubt about that. So a person would go back, I think they'd be better.
2: Mm-hmm. What's that specifically designated?
0: If it's specifically designated, then the barrier has saved saved the issue. Where to decide? Yeah, you know, that's it. Okay. Um, so that's that. Um So I think that they wouldn't build the center And build right to left Unless it's a separate area If they're in the same prayer line I think it's okay to be in that There are two people in the jama'ah There is no evidence that it should be a space Between the imam and the follower What do the Hanafis and others use to support their position And according to them There would be no application of a saf in this situation Also after knowing there is no evidence Should I encourage or at least my own family to follow that um, uh, In terms of I want to answer the second question first you know when it comes to the whole obviously everyone's studying here in this class and it's fiqh we're not studying aqeed and when we are i will make it very clear and when i say that this is aqidah, then there's no doubt about that and you've got to then promote that and so on fiqh you're always easy with as we said you know in year one uh flexibility is fiqh's essence and you've always got to look to the maslaha, always got to look at What's the reaction going to be? How authoritative are you? How serious do people take you? Is it the right moment? Look at the emotions. This is a case-by-case basis. Are we at a birthday party or are we at a funeral? Birthday party, there's some options to say a few things. Funeral, you're always going to be and keeping your mouth shut. And uh, people's emotions running very, very high. The fiqh ruling does not change. The, the, uh, the political application changes all the time. And that's what you need to always be aware of. So, uh, And you've got to understand that hanafis especially are the most stubborn and most ignorant out of all of the four schools there's no doubt about it okay they are the most ignorant when it comes to their own uh, principles i have absolutely not a shadow of a doubt having lived and studied with all of the four schools okay there is no doubt that the Hanafis are the most extreme that's when i say ignorant when i mean ignorant i don't mean stupid i mean that they are very very stubborn very non compromising and we all know that in this country in this country okay in this country the arabs they are sick to death of this situation they compromise 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 yeah, and they're always trying to keep the packs happy the guji's happy the bengali's happy whatever whatnot always and yeah you could argue that the arabs maybe have gone even in the other uh, 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 to the other extreme super tolerant super flexible and like i said you know, I, I, we had this discussion before That when it comes to studying the anthropology Of people and their association with madhabs, There is a cultural issue There's a political issue There's a historical issue You will see that certain madhhab uh, Fit certain people And then as time goes They start to mould the madhab around themselves So when you look at PACs They are conservative people For all you what you may think But if you go to Pakistan and so on They are more conservative than less and when you go to the arab countries and that's a big shout as well they are less conservative than more i'm speaking very big stereotypes and when you see in terms of if you're like if you're looking yeah, if you are trying to make a call to unity amongst a group of people your arabs are going to respond in general practicing i'm not talking about secular i'm talking about practicing hanafis practicing arabs practicing shafi's practicing. you'll see a flexibility on that side versus a real stubbornness on this side and it's very rare to find an educated, tolerant, open-minded Hanafi—I mean, it's obviously increasing—and um, again, uh, you just compare, compare three paradigms. I'll put three paradigms in front of you: South African, British, and American. All three are incredibly different communities. The Hanafi community—we are bang in the middle. So we are a hundred year, not a hundred year, 60, 70 years, maybe 50 years, strong, established, second, third generation now moving into community that has uh, good links, close links, That that's important, the the, the the closeness to Pakistan and India, okay, and people coming and going, and because we were here early, before the, not before the Arabs, but but in a bigger number, uh, with respect to the Arabs, okay, because actually ironically the Arabs were here first in the UK yeah, and as a Muslim community Yemeni's I believe is what the, the research shows Liverpool. Uh? Liverpool. Liverpool and and so on oh
3: Liverpool,
0: Central, you know? <laughs> Is this yeah, is this for him yeah? This, this, this box in his happiness. Well, yeah. I oh, sick guy to be honest sick guy mashallah. I was cheering for the guy. Yeah, sorry yeah, commiserations. <laughs> I'm sure that you'll. <laughs> <laughs> We've we'll got Man City yeah, fan. But he is president of Muslim footballers or something, whatever. So I'm sure his I'm allegiance sure to Muhammad Salah I'm will sure come. No. no, no, no. He's okay. He's okay. But we lose But I'm sure, I'm right. Your allegiance to Muhammad is big, bigger than Man City. Yeah, yeah. Don't say that I don't Khaldun, the Khaldun and Mubarak are yeah, also Muslim as well. And yeah, 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 yeah. It's before Muhammad Salah as well. Don't get weak now, bro. So, um, if you see, if you see the, the British community, they've had some time, so they've got long roots, they're well-established, they are poorer. This is why it's so important to understand when you're giving da'wah. Anthropology, as I said, is a very important tool. Understanding how people think and how politics and history and movement has, has played that. So, when you look at the Muslim community in UK, they're a much poorer community. The Pakistanis are a much poorer, lower-class social community. Their housing is social housing in the majority. They live in ghettos. When they come over and the uncle comes over and the cousin comes over and whatever, they start living together first of all. Then, if they separated from the actual house, then they live very close. When new people come, they gravitate towards those areas and so they become ghettos. When they become ghettos, the mosque formed. Mosques are are, are, are reflecting villages back back home they bring then the imam over they've literally created a western village of the one back home in this kind of uh, thing that's let's say that's the asal that's we'll put that at zero okay in the in the scale and then you've got south africa to the ex going to the real extreme right and then you've got the other one going to the extreme left so for example south africa they've been there for hundreds of years okay they're like 10th generation muslims they Obandis, indians hanafis pakistanis, not pakistanis but yeah the Hanafis there they are nuts I mean oh my goodness they are so strict and they are so they are so as well disciplined and they've also got incredible structures so their financial structure is very good the the, the, the are or the, the, the Gujaratis or the Muslims of South Africa are like the Jews of the UK very powerful very good business kind of you know links they are able to have impact I think I've spoken about this before, you know, their kind of uh, 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 restaurants and businesses and so on and so forth are the big ones in the country. The uh, others are desperately trying to seek their business. So, uh, you know, a normal shop will be very proud to put halal in huge figures Uh, in this country. People are rubbing that off, you know, and they're scared of the backlash that will happen when you put halal on, etc. And as a like, likewise then, you'll see that some of the madaris over there, some of the madrasas that you go and study at, are so extreme. Yeah, I mean, the kind of things that we only associate with mental cases in UK, you'll find Hanafi scholars will be making takfir of people and of their own. You know, the classic kind of ghettoization of communities and very kind of doubling down on what they believe and absolutely not need to consider anything else. Okay, um, America the exact opposite that you got Hanafis there that you can't recognize yeah they're like like Abdul Nasir Jangda is a classic example Abdul yeah. Jangda yani, you know people try and give him as an example of Hanafi having a laugh the guy's american he doesn't know what he's doing you know what i'm saying yeah he's got Hanafi upbringing but the rest of it is all just yani, combining here and there and yani, just chilling <laughs> and enjoying himself you know what i'm saying and uh, uh, just american style relaxed fiqh you know we're cool and where's that come from because the the packs are not a dominant uh, uh, number the Arabs are bigger Arabs first and you can't just go and do the kind of we're just gonna get why is this place and build you have to have you know others on the board you've got Nigerians and you've got Latinos and you've got converts and so many of them you've got blacks so many of them and you've got Arabs and you've got doctors that are killing it lots of money and so you've got these communities that are far more mixed than they probably would have wanted and now they thrive off it so when you go to a mosque over there a representative standard community mosque is a just an unbelievable institution compared to what nonsense we have here They've got, you know, all types of people, all types of activities. They've got a day for Latinos, a day for X, a day for Y, a day for da'wah. They've got people that are mixing with one another, eating with one another, going out with one another, very interracial marriages. You know, the standard melting pot that we understand America to be is actually being reproduced in the fiqh. So their fiqh is a melting pot. A pot. The madhahib are weak when it comes to, and discipline in fiqh is weak in the States. So the reason that it's important for you to understand that is that that is a reality that's existed in the Muslim world when there comes to concentration in different communities, historically, and then even more so now, even more so in minority c- countries, and even more so as time goes on. You remember in the first lesson, if you can remember back then, that I said it is important that we study fiqh uh, in a, from a madhab and we teach people to come up in a structure whatever, but I told people that from when I started studying, 10, 15 mm-hmm. years before then, now we're now year five, six, where are we now? Year seven? Six, six? yeah. So 15, 20 years before then when we started, People were super sensitive about the whole madhab thing and anyone trying to do what Sheikh Amin does, which is, but I believe the strongest opinion is and I believe strongest you know, you'd be you're a Salafi, you're a Wahhabi, you're a sellout, you're this, you're that, and the majority of the people were following their parents. Now, twenty years later, kids have no idea about what their parents are following, and they themselves don't care about their own identities at Hanafis. They don't identify. They identify with Facebook, they identify with Snapchat. They identify with youtube videos they identify with anyone sending them a whatsapp message telling them to pray like this do it like that whatever whatnot are obviously our generation which was following our parents but then we had an intellectual revolution where we started to question these people have got that meaning they question they've got the revolution part where they question as well as the fact that they're becoming very weak with their association khair, lala. what a champ what a champ Lala, tell me it was worth it. Of course it was, Yara. <laughs> um, so, so, knowing this puts a, uh, a, a, a veneer of reality. It uh, takes the veneer of fakeness. Not fakeness. Um, yeah, and what I want to say is that it is very important to, to, to make sure that we do not overplay fiqh in our current paradigm. Very, very important. Okay? And I think many Madahib have now matured to that. And many people, if they didn't mature to it, they can't help because they realize that their imams themselves are because they're dealing with more and more new issues that the Madahib themselves traditionally couldn't deal with by themselves and having to create new fatwa and when you're creating new fatwa and you're borrowing from other madahib, that's an eye opener as well for some of these people. And so now we're in that new state where, you know, um so Back to the point where Rafi says do I tell my people about this? It's all about how powerful you are, how strong your voice is, how much respect you have and just how nuts your family are, how you know hardcore they are. Okay? At the moment I still think we will have another 10-20 years. After 10-20 years no one will care about, you know, the whole emotional issue of Rafa being at home. You know that my parents will kill me if they saw me raise my hands or, you know, or say vabi or whatever. Yeah. Um, as for what the, the actual point itself of standing in the line Then the truth is is that uh, the Hanafis, they didn't have a textual evidence for the fact of having someone set back. They don't have a textual evidence. They use an aqli evidence. They said that the word imam comes from amam, meaning to be in front. So there has to be by definition someone up front. We say to them, okay, what about the hadith of bin Abbas when the Prophet brought him over to the side? They will say, yes, he did, but there's no doubt that there must have been a gap. We'll argue what? We'll say that you have to prove there's a gap. When someone brings someone from a side to the side, you are the one who has to now establish the evidence to say that there was a gap. Does that make sense? Okay. So that's the, for, for, for what she's asking, that's the evidence for them. Not a textual one, but an ugly one. And it, it's, it's, it's an argument. It's a valid argument. And that's why it's a valid opinion to have that gap. And we don't make a big thing of it. So no, I don't think you should be making an issue of it. But if you're with practicing people and students of knowledge, then, you know, you will grab that Person and bring him forward, like I did to some Paki yesterday. Who was spending, I don't know where he was standing, but I made sure that he was standing closer. Yeah, I'm not saying what that Paki is, but I'm just saying that you got business class and a couple of monies, yani, and whatever, whatnot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Uh, up oh, quick, 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 man. we all these questions are taking ages. Taymor, thinking is, anyway. Um, the statement of Anis an, about joining feet and shoulders, etc., what is the correct interpretation? Which madhabs understand from this statement to join defeat? Which madhab don't? Also, what other... Oh, come on, man, Rafia. We went into so much detail of that. You Behave yourself. Go and review no, the lesson. don't
1: blame her. She's posting all the questions that
0: Oh, that's not hers? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Rafael, I take that back. Rafia, I take that back. <laughs> completely take that back. Rafia is sweet. I take that completely back. I just thought you were just being yeah, hardcore. Right. After today's class, I understood that when women can't see the imam, they should stand up for prayer at the start of iqamah in order to have... Uh, uh, what's wrong with this youtube screen yeah? Uh, I, I can't see the imam they should stand up for prayer at the start of ikama in order to have time to straighten their rows rather than at god or at the end of it yeah i think that's okay if women women can't see the imam then uh, and they know that he's coming and they need a bit of time to set rows. yeah standing up a bit earlier is right fine you're a late comer you assess your line and get ready to join is it more of an obligation for you to straighten your line alone as there are too many other lines too many people in row in front more so than joining the jamaa even if it means you've lost that rak'ah since you'll be joining the imam after he has made ruku'ah. so basically uh, i don't quite understand that because if you're by yourself what's the straightening As in the already
3: started,
0: yeah you've come, late. you've come late and she's saying that all the lines are up front and she's joining she's starting a new line she's saying do i spend more time straightening or joining the salah well, i'm saying if you're by yourself what's the straighten? Oh, you mean you're the only one straightening the line in a line that you're yes. joining. Right, 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 right. I see. Okay. So if that's the case, then of course, you will do what is yani the sunnah. And and it is not sunnah to rush to join the prayer. The sunnah is to establish yourself and get yourself in the right frame of mind. As we're going to be covering today mm-hmm. by the word of uh, Allahu Akbar. Um, uh, as um, a prayer scenario, prayer scenario at home, a Hanafi imam single male Musali huh? Hanafi Imam single male musalli. single female musalli who stand directly behind the Imam in separate lines correct no that's not correct the Hanafis will also have the second male musalli to the right but back a bit that's all they'll be like yeah yani when I say back I mean you know like uh, 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 two inches Two inches to the right, two inches back, or four inches back. So we're just talking that much gap. He doesn't stay behind. And then the woman would be behind behind. Correct. Behind in a separate line. Earlier you said the first line is preferred for the learned, seniors. So if I'm young and not very learned, shall I still raise for the first line? No. I said that the first line is for whoever gets there. And I said that the one who prays behind the Imam directly is for the Ulul uh, Ahlam and an people who are uh, you know, the top people basically yep, those are people who should be behind and by the way, there should be some congruence there that the top people of the Qur'an and Deen and thing should also be the people of Ibadah as well you see there's an idea that just because you know I'm next scholar, next skillful I can just bowl in whenever I want you know, the classic people combine both they are the people of Ibadah as well, they are there early as well so they probably you know, are there by right as well So, yeah, to everyone else, young, whatever, you come to the front and you get the reward, okay? You mentioned that the center of the second line is more better than the sides. That is only if you are first. So the center of the second line is better when you are first because that's obviously you being there earlier and it's because you're closer to the imam. If you come late, then you've got to accept that you can't get the same reward as the guy who got there earlier and you're farther away from the imam. Uh, but you've done the right thing by going to the correct side to balance the line. Okay? Um, what's all this, bro? Has the class finished and whatever?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why? Okay, come down. Done. done? Okay. So one question from Sheikh Uthameen that I want to say before we go into Allahu Akbar. Okay? He says, Mas'ala at the bottom of page 18. He says, the Prophet ﷺ said, al the hadith that was mentioned before, last, two weeks ago, the Prophet ﷺ said if someone makes wudu and he does it perfectly then he, uh, uh, and then leaves his home, he will not take a single step except for every single step. He will be raised a, a, a status and a sin will be taken and ajar will be added. And, and 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 The question if a person leaves their home without making wudu, and goes to the masjid and makes wudhu there. Does he have the same reward? No. 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 Okay. Uh, Sheikh Uthameen says from the apparent meaning of the hadith, he will not get the reward. From what the hadith uh, states, he won't get the reward. And that's because there's a difference between a person who leaves the home in preparation for the prayer and a person who comes to the masjid who's not prepared for prayer not ready for prayer and then prepares himself yani yeah, for prayer at the masjid and i think yani yeah, that's the correct position naam he says yeah okay if his far, if his house is very far away uh and he did not have time to make wudu or he did not make wudu but he'll be on the road for a long time to actually get to the masjid then i hope for yurja i hope uh it is hoped that uh he will get the reward because he put a lot of mushaka in a lot of planning in a lot of time in and so on so that finishes prayer lines okay from my side all right this is obviously a big subject are there any questions to complete obviously we didn't get an opportunity to answer questions last week um are there any questions on the prayer lines or why don't you ask why don't you say what would be the optimal way for a prayer area that's what you mean isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. So the optimal be... sunnah yeah the masjid is going to I can tell you it's not going to be the optimal way right now okay <laughs> so don't you know, you know what I mean don't batter me afterwards because there will be many things that will happen in masjid that won't be like that I one. it but 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 there are practical reasons as well for that as well uh, ideally ideally a perfect prayer area would one recognize ratio about how and so the woman's area would definitely be smaller okay number or number one number two they should be in the same prayer hall they should have immediate access visual to the imam okay number three their entrances should be unique and nabi gave them unique entrances we were just in umrah going around Masjid we were touring and we were looking at babu which was something specific which is still there now ironically not used by the women okay but it's there in the original masjid and the men's and abu Bakr's entrance whatever is very separate from the women's side so we'd have separate entrances so there'd be no mixing the prophet ﷺ was very strict on the issue of intermingling to reduce intermingling okay so intermingling between men and women should be avoided unless necessary unless you're traveling together or something while you're studying or whatever but in a salah situation women should be able to come in and out independent of men and men should be able to come in to the musallah independent of women that's again ideal there should be no barrier there should be no barrier in the actual section itself so they should be at the back they should operate the rules of the prophet meaning that they should hope to be in the back lines and not at the front and the ones that are in the masjid the men should try to get to the front and stay away from the back depending upon obviously timings and so on um that's ideal that's very difficult to actually achieve geogra- uh, geographically spatially spatially okay so then you start playing with various of this i think the barrier is a real problem okay i think the barrier is a real problem which is why i like the idea of women having a mezzanine floor okay i like the, ma- the mezzanine regent's park style um what other massages can we think of regent's park really who's not been who's not been to regent's park the women's section is a mezzanine. They see that they've got some nice lattice thing going on. All right. That's more design. Or maybe it's not. I don't know. Yeah. But they can see the Imam. Clear. Uh, that it's, it's, it's the upper balcony. So if this is the this is the prayer area on the ground. They are here. So they're up a floor. And it's a full floor. They can, they, so they're praying. And, they, and because it's a big mosque. They can see the... The whole front of the masjid a- and they've got a lattice i think I so yeah, uh? not been there right okay um saudi involvements in both no, interestingly huh that kind of style we had, we had a lattice at, um, at and they, they closed off made it made it f- fixed made it like 10 feet tall like <laughs> so so really so who vp Road, let, before we give them the credit, they must have done it yesterday, okay, or something like that. VP, look after women. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, they've started to. In fact, am I right in saying when I was at uni they had it? I think, you know what, I'm after them a disservice, you know. I've just had a flashback that in 95, in 95, I remember when, you know, our version of practicing would be. Yeah, <laughs> it would be Pakistani society, men and girls hooking up and saying "Let's go to the "Let's go to VIP." I remember that. You're right. But you remember that? Thing. It's not for the women though. Huh? They, they have munches up there. Yeah, that's what they use it when for. When it gets busy. When busy. Yeah, why are you crushing Why, to why to are you crushing yeah. our dreams honestly, for? Every time I've been up there, it's for, it's What are you doing
3: up there?
0: Every time you've gone up there, you sick guy. You said, oh, "Guy, sorry. yeah, Green Lane." Navid's talking about Green Lane. I I've been to Green Lane recently, and we were praying in the women's section during the renovation. So yeah, it's, separate, it? it's not separate. Yeah, separate, Navid. Yeah, it's separate, Naveed. Watch that, watch that. Yeah. Green it's, it's completely separate. It's
1: not, it's
0: not Green, Lane, it? Green Lane outside is not purpose built, but they've done a lot of uh, you know work inside. No, that but I think yeah no well well actually they've done well, what was the last time you were there Five of years. oh no oh they've done lots of work since then of, uh, the the yeah so th- oh, th- so, th- so then this, this is kind of why i'm asking yeah so so, so 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 then so then moving on to that next thing which is the truth again again you go look at the the, the issue of money and power and whatever and and land and, uh, uh, planning permission we're very uh, with, with the increasing difficulty to get purpose-built massaged like you want i mean think about this place this is green belt first of all then it's a place of worship that they don't want to and then we've got all the pressure everyone's focused on this what we wanted to do you know a couple of years ago which was you know protests and facebook's and whatever like i said once you go down that path I mean, I agree. Trying to incorporate this beast of a thing at the top, yeah, and it is horrific. I, we all accept that. The point is, is that that was, you know, the steps that we could only take. Now, the situation is, is that in these scenarios, we have to accept compromises inside, and good compromises definitely is a screen. To have a big screen I, 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 in a section that gives women a full-on, because I, I think the, that's the, the most the important thing.
1: Well, thing. The thing is they
0: no i don't Maze think so are no, no, no. no 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 you ask any of these women would they rather stay at home or they'd watch a screen in a masjid it's,
1: it's not
0: nice. by the way just because i'm wanting the screen i'm not giving you permission to look at the screen <laughs> yeah i don't want you going like this yeah you still there is still such a to be looked at In, in a ministry. open area that that could be plan- 100% agree 100% so, so 100% hundred percent agree.
1: It's, it's, a so, it's a social space. you Omar on the Minbar saying something
0: and the woman saying, No one no knows no, 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 no one see. Yeah. There's no doubt about it that as I said, if you have an ideal situation, you got space, you've got to have women in the same space. The same space. Every hadith that you see of the Prophet wasallam, is about the same space. There's no doubt about it. Uh, uh, exceptions, as I said Are in play for huge massages And for uh, 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 Minority countries And all their planning issues And so on and so forth And that's what they're going to have to use to get around it you know? I
1: think it's more than that I think, there's, I think there is a legitimate, legitimate Problem with the Muslim's mindset in this country That we don't have any In this country
0: compared to others? Them. Yeah, definitely, there's no doubt about that
1: and, and actually, this is why the question keeps arising What do women do in this unnatural situation that in a separate room now they're not going to be starting at the back anymore they're not going to be queuing up and you just like all the questions just don't make sense because they shouldn't even yeah,
0: be yeah like we said like we said before all of the problems that we have when it comes to women's fiqh what did i do this what did i do that what do, we have created like this issue of the speaker cuts out does the woman Yani, you know, separate or do they put the imam forward what a stupid scenario then people you know, don't the reason i can't give you an evidence is because it doesn't make any sense. How could it ever have happened in history? It never has. That's why none of the fuqaha have mentioned it. We have to give fatwa. I told you, my personal opinion, my own fatwa, is that women go, pray by themselves. I don't like this idea of a woman going forward and whatever. Pray by yourselves. When the speaker comes on, forget the speaker, forget the imam. You got the reward of jama'ah and that's it. I'm very confident that's the answer. Even though there's not a single salaf for that a precedent. Because we created that stupid scenario. That we've got women who are utterly dependent on a sama'ah, which itself is bid'ah. You, yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a mess. The situation is a mess. Like I said, and it has many. This this has m- huge ramifications in not just issues of salah. This has a massive issue in the issue of iman. Okay, we have a major problem with women turning to feminism. All right, and the masajid not there to offer a space, a service, or whatever. Women, they, you know what? They've had enough. And they've had enough for a while, and because that frust- and that had enough means equals frustration, and that frustration just turns into emotional nonsense because they've got no leaders to help them, and then you've got women who just chatting rubbish and they say come to us, and then you've got you know women only mosques and women imams and Amina and you know Ishad Manji's and you know what up akwas you know what I'm saying? So as as usual we're our own worst enemy. Right? Okay. Uh, so do we have any remaining issues for lines space? I was wondering when Sheikh Ithameen taught this sharh mumtia, were his students already grounded to lab al-ilm in the madhab of the Hanabila? Uh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. But it, of course, the classes are open, so you had so many other people in the class. But yes, the majority of the the people would be coming specifically as Hanabila. Uh, what if you drive to the mosque with wadou and not walk? We said that, yani, a person. I think they get the same reward in but uh, they get the rewards, but the same reward as a person who walks. No, because it's about, mashakka, about difficulty. If there what time is it? Uh, thinking. Nine forty-five. Um, if there was no barrier for the women's area, would the Sahabiyat pray with niqab or without? No, without. Rafia, without. There is no niqab in salah. There is no niqab in salah, and that just goes to show, yani, you know, the situation. Obviously. Uh, and that's that's uh, that's another problem it's not just about giving the space you see because um let me tell you something i mean you guys are here speak up there women actually also like the barrier or separation they do find. i mean i know from many sisters that just the fact that they've got their own private space to chill to relax not have to wear hijab etc etc that though shouldn't be the mosque do you know what i'm trying to say yes exactly right but because it's the only place so they embrace the barrier kind of separation yeah it's our our chill zone we still get a mosque feel out of it we still get the jama'a reward out of it and we can chill with the hijab we don't have to wear niqab they can relax whatever non-muslim country you, you've been in some nonsense outside you come in to relax you want to just you know take all that off and so it's a difficult one okay because you got that that paradigm and then add another one you give them a space at the back okay let's say in an open prayer but you cannot because of law or because of practicality give them separate entrances okay if you are giving them a mixed entrance with an open thing you've actually created a scenario where you'll have a large number of women who would rather have the same entrance and a closed area as opposed to a different entrance and an open area because of the sitter that their one and only space gives them for the the prayer so the situation that is a mess because we created it it's a mess Yep. that's why I think personally I really like the idea yeah I, I'm all for like the message is a very simple construct and we have a lot of space from a point of view to play with it to to, to work with women's uh, needs that's why I think perfection is with the idea of having a main huge prayer hall which is men only and the women go at the top and they have an open view in front and by the way, even if they were at the back or they had the full floor, I still believe that they should have TVs at the side, okay, along the side, just like you have in a seminar when you're far back. It doesn't matter if you can still speak, see speaker. You want to see a close-up as well. So I think that technology can be used in that way as well. And that they are on, on the top. They've got open access. See everything, here, everything. Can take a peep behind it if there's an issue or some confusion. And those that want to relax without hijab can do so at the back of the room because it's so high and far back. It ticks a lot of boxes. And Allah knows best. Allah knows best. We could talk about that for donkey's ears. All right. Then he says, "Wa Allahu akbar." So we've now established the prayer line. We've stood straight. The Imam has told everyone to get ready. And now, what do we do? He says, Imam the, Imam al-Hajjawi says, he says, "Allahu akbar." The Musalli will say, "Allahu akbar." Say. Sheikh Uthameen says, Wal qawl, utlika, fa huwa If the word say is mentioned in a general sense, in an absolute unrestricted sense, then it always means to actually say with speech, i.e., with your tongue. And it, if it's going to be with something else, then there has to be another word to specify it, i.e., to say with your heart or to say within oneself, then that has to be there in heart or by oneself أو أو بقلبه, and so on that's the first point second, this takbir is known as a Rukan a rukn. this is a pillar from the pillars of prayer and i want to remind you guys okay what the issue of uh, pillars is Rukan plural Arkan people translate it as essentials people uh, translate it as literally like a pillar right which is what it is it's a corner okay of something and i want you to visualize that if you got a chair with four uh legs you take one away the whole thing falls down okay an act of worship cannot survive if the rukan is not there that is why and i will share this definition later or you can write it down that the best technical legal definition of rukan is an evident and constant attribute Whose absence necessitates the absence of the hukam. It is an evident and constant attribute. Whose absence necessitates the absence of the hukam. But whose presence says comma. But whose presence does not automatically bring about its object. But whose presence does not automatically bring about its object. It is part of the essence of the act itself it is part of the essence of the act itself that's the definition i repeat again two times and then someone posted on the thingy it is an evident and constant attribute whose absence necessitates the absence of the hukam but whose presence does not automatically bring about its object full stop it is part of the essence of the act itself final time And then I'll explain what this means. It is an evident and constant attribute whose absence necessitates the absence of the hukam but whose presence does not automatically bring about its object. It is part of the essence of the act itself. Now, post it, Yara. Who's posted it? Right. Now, let's translate this now into normal human language. Okay, because that's the legal kind of thing. So, a Rukan is an evident and constant attribute. Meaning that it is an actual thing that happens It has to be continuous, meaning that it lasts throughout the actual act that you're doing, that the rukin is part of. It is evident, meaning it has to actually happen, whether it's an action or a statement or an intention or whatever. Whose absence necessitates the absence of the hukam. If it's not there, its absence will then lead to the absence of the hukam, meaning the thing itself, the ruling itself. In this case, salah. So if there is no takbir tul ihram, you could pray if you forgot to make al If you were standing there like this and you were, you know, stuck with your knee, doing your dorakat, blah blah blah, and you got lost and you thought, I oh, forget this, Allah, and then you, whatever. You said alhamdulillah and you forgot Allah akbar, and you did the whole prayer, you didn't pray at all because you never entered the actual prayer in the first place because the rukun was absent, okay? And so therefore, it leads to the absence of the hukm. However, it says, but whose presence does not automatically bring about its object? Why is it not Shaz? You know, it's not online. No, it's online.
1: It's just that I've got two screens open. It's only refreshing comments on. So it's on the
0: online live thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's it,
0: that. are A few seconds ago. I'm going to.
1: That's what I said. It's got two two windows open. My comments are coming in live here, but it's not updating those comments on. that. And this
0: screen, my my screen here. Yeah,
1: on this computer, we should have different. So my screen that. is connected to this one.
0: Yeah. Not the live online one.
1: Yeah, live one. A nice online page for, I've
0: got two uh, open comments are only coming up live
1: on one page I have to keep
0: on refreshing this one to <laughs> to... Uh, but whose presence does not automatically bring about its object so the presence of the Rukan does not mean that Salah has been established it's only a part parcel of the game itself the final part it is part of the, uh, the essence of the act itself so it's not a Shart a shart is a precondition that's why the word pre is used it happens before arkan happens within the act itself okay so the arkan are within an act shurut are before it but the main thing is about arkan that you need to understand is that these are essentials they can never ever be missed whether it's the arkan of hajj the arkan of siyam so the arkan of siyam for example is to start before start at uh, at dawn okay at fajr the arkan of uh, hajj is to have spent at least 1 minute one minute before Maghrib on Arafa, even though we'll spend five hours there. Uh, arkan of hajj is to make the tawaf of hajj, even if it means X, Y, and Z, and so on. Even if you, you might not have wudu or something like that, according to some scholars, etc, etc. So, we're talking the bare minimum, absolute <coughs> essential, bare bones. Now, it's a Rukan. Shaykh Uthameen <coughs> says, prayer cannot start without it, because the Prophet ﷺ said to Fi فِي صَلَاتِهِ musi فِي صَلَاتِهِ This is very important for all of you to understand what this phrase means and who he is. Al-Musi Fi صَلَاتِهِ is the companion who erred in his prayer. As far as I know, we don't authentically know his name. But he is a companion. رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تعالى عنه, And he, his hadith is narrated in Bukhari. And the Prophet ﷺ Tells us about and, and, and narrated in Bukhari. Abu Huraira he narrates this. And I'm going to just read out the actual uh, hadith, this hadith in Bukhari and Muslim. Um, I want to read it in Arabic, okay, first, so that you get to hear some of the key phrases because there is very important essential phrases in, hadith, in this hadith. Abu Huraira Allah anhu, he said, And the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, al masjid, fadakhala rajulun, fasallah. فسلم على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فرد وقال ارجع فصلي فإنك لم تصلي فرجع يصلي كما صلى ثم جاء فسلم على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال ارجع فصلي فإنك لم تصلي ثلاثة فقال والذي بعثك بالحق ما احسن وغيره فعلمني فقال صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا قمت إلى الصلاة فكبر our part for our lesson today ثم اقرأ ما تيسر معك من القرآن ثم اركع حتى تطمئن راكعا ثم ارفع حتى تعديل قائما ثم مسجد حتى تطمئن ساجدا ثم ارفع حتى تطمئن جالسا وفعل ذلك في صلاتك كلها. A man entered the masjid, that's not about Bukhari, a Bukhari Muslim. A man entered the masjid whilst the Messenger of Allah وسلم, entered as well. The man prayed to Raka'ah and then came to the Prophet وسلم, and said as Alaikum the Prophet وسلم, said Wa Alaikum as and then said go back and pray because you have not prayed so he's obviously been watching him whilst he's prayed it too go back and pray because you have not prayed so the man went back and he prayed to Raka'ah like he did the first time and then came back and repeated the salam. and the Prophet وسلم, replied and then said go back and pray because you have not prayed and he did that, and that happened again once, twice, and three times. Man each time praying as best as he thought that it is. And the third time when the Prophet ﷺ said that to him, he said, the man said, By he who sent you with the truth, O Messenger of Allah, I do not know any better than this. So teach me. So the Prophet ﷺ said, When you stand up for Allah, for salah, say, Allahu Akbar. Then, or let me actually be more accurate. When you stand up for salah, then kabir. we need to have a discussion what that actually means. Kabir, you say to anyone who understands Arabic, it means say Allahu Akbar. Okay? But it doesn't say, he didn't say, the Prophet did not say, qul Allahu Akbar. He didn't say, say Allahu Akbar. He said, do takbir. Kabir. Okay? From the uh, uh, root verb of kabbarah. You kabiru takbiran kabir. Okay, so I do not know. Sorry, so when you stand up for salah, say make the takbir, then read what is easy for you from the Quran, then bow until you are in a relaxed position in your ruku'ah, then stand up until you are standing up straight, then prostrate until you are in a relaxed position in your. Sajda. Then sit until you are relaxed in your julus sitting state. Now do this in your entire salah. That's the hadith. This is now famously known as al hadith al musi fi the hadith of the one who earned heard in his prayer. Number of important lessons and rules come from this hadith. Okay, a number of them. The most important is the concept of arkan, because. The Prophet ﷺ said, Pray like you have seen me pray. Sallu is a command, indicates obligation. This is very important. There are some people who are not very great in fiqh, a movement, a reformist movement, okay, right, that using this hadith and actually even entitled the book. as prayers you've seen me pray okay they took the opinion that every single act of the prayer is an obligation as a result of this statement does that make sense they said that the prophet said pray as you have seen me pray a command which indicates that every single thing that has been indicated by the prophet is obligatory and therefore anything missed out would therefore be sinful or even worse invalid This is a classic literalist approach to hadith. And that's why the fiqh and the fuqaha are so important because they are able to classify. And this hadith is the most important weapon for the fuqaha to prove that there are levels to the prayer. That there are sunan, nafal, that there are wajibat and that there are arkan. I.e. that there are some things which are more important than others. That's why the most important knowledge that you teach children at the very beginning are the arkan. You teach them the most essential aspects of the act that they want to do. And then once they've got a handle on that, you start to develop then the rest of their knowledge, the rest of the things they need to learn. And this hadith indicates that the Prophet saw a prayer that he was not happy with. In fact, not just not happy with, but considered invalid. And yet he did not go into, and Abu Hurairah is narrating every detail. He did not say, recite surah after Fatiha. He did not say, do the sajda of this. He did not say, the, make the takbir of that. He did not say, say, samiyallahu liman hamidah. He did not say, you get what I'm trying to say? A lot of things were missed out. And that you might say, well, you know, he was being brief. You could argue. We say no. Why no? Number one is the Prophet ﷺ is not allowed to be brief. He's not actually allowed. You know, when we say, he addal amana When we make this dua for him. He completed the trust And he was sincere to the Ummah Sincere In his job, in his advice and so on And, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Has praised the Prophet sallallahu For doing this job perfectly And so therefore what we know What we know is that It is not permissible for the Prophet sallallahu To miss out anything as part of the sharia Especially that which is obligatory And here The guy has said and I want to know by Allah, teach me. And he's told him the most important things. It would indicate that the things that were missed out were not of the rukan level. And that is why when he said, Kebbir, This is the clearest proof that the takbir is a rukan of the prayer. And there are other arkan of the prayer, okay, that will come into this. But the real thing is, is that what do we think about this, this companion? What did he make the mistake on? It's clear from the context of the hadith that it wasn't the takbir. He was basically up and down, up and down. He was doing that thing where he's not stopping in rokua, where he's yeah, and he quick up from the sejda. You know, like people pray, they're like you know, as if they're kind of like you know, yeah, pecking, pecking like Pinocchio. They're like all over the show. They don't no solidity, no relaxation, no breathing, no, not allow the bones to. But it's always and that that's why the words is very important. Hatta. Until you reach a state of tumatnina. Okay? This is very important. That means tumatnina is what? Tumatnina has been used in the Quran in different contexts. Ibrahim alayhi salam, when he said that I'm asking these questions, I just want to have tumatnina in my my heart. Yani, I'm asking about this. How's this? How's that? So I can have full certainty, full relaxation, full confidence, assurance, full yani, whatever. Okay? There's no issue of doubt. It just wants yani, fully yani to be on. And uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Is it not in the dhikr of Allah That you find tumatnina in the hearts What's this? That the hearts find rest Tranquility Serenity Calmness So You're looking for a person to be يعني, If you want a practical translation of the tumatnina here It's stillness Stillness is very very important in this, this يعني, uh, aspect Okay um, So Yes. <laughs> what have you I done? Right. Right. I'm to die, I'm a rock. What's going on there, bro?
4: <laughs>
0: well, you know, we can always, <laughs> we can always, yeah, you know. I, what are you on about I'm a calorific deficit I was doing what 26,000 steps a day or something
3: <clears throat> <laughs> 26,000 oh. Allahu
0: What's your other clap? Everyone's thinking about food. We could,
1: this
0: is not going to work I'm confused to be honest I've become dizzy What happens now? Way, way too much. Way, way too much. I don't know what got into you, lot today. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you didn't come back, here yeah, from Hajj and got married and had birthday as well. It was Umrah. I'm lost now. I don't know what to do. Go. I've got to protect the masjid. I've got to protect the masjid. I've got to protect the people. I've got to look after your health. Lesson has obviously stopped. Everyone there is like... But that's not... We've got 15 minutes left. Plenty of time, yeah? Yara, what's this, man? I spent half my time opening the packets. Did you say don't? You guys are killing me. you know
1: the only one who can test the out any good at the thing. That's the only job
0: that's good today. They've been left empty, by the way. Can you send some back? as if you don't give them them, them yeah and this as well they've got nothing there miskin all right anyway it's all over now <laughs> okay i think we want to make sure that we put them outside yes to get Mussolini and those people involved in the game where were we okay when i just talk a bit a little bit about So this is a statement, I have lost my book now, <laughs> right, Allahu Akbar, yeah? There's another narration of the hadith which is narrated by Bukhari, where the Prophet ﷺ said, <laughs> So perfect the wudu and face the qibla and then say, and then كبر, okay? See, and he makes this statement of 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 takbir and Sheikh thameen says that it's not valid to pray the prayer without it absolutely any impossible for a person to pray the prayer without it now i want to have a discussion about what is it that actually it is okay and there's a lot of discussion about that so when a person um First of all, this takbir is called takbiratul, what? Atahreema. It's known as Atahreema. It's also known as takbiratul Ihram. Okay? And this was a naming that was done by the scholars, never from the Prophet. ﷺ. Okay? This name was not given by the Prophet ﷺ or the companions. This is a name that was given by the ulama. And the reason for that is only from the obvious aspects of the sunnah. And the Prophet said in a hadith which is narrated by Abu Dawood and Al Hakim with an authentic change, he said, "Miftahu salat at tahur wa at al-takbir." That the key to the prayer is purification, and its sanctity, or its sanctification, or its, or the entrance into its forbidden state, is the takbir. Thus, <coughs> the first place and the only place where the word takbir and ihram or tahrim or haram or anything has been associated and that's why the scholars after that used to call it takbir ihram from ahrama yuhrimu ihramin. in arabic that means to make something haram so effectively what you're doing is that you are when you say allahu akbar you are creating now a state of body of mind of law of rules where everything else becomes subsidiary to the prayer everything else becomes haram compared to the state now that you are in the prayer not only prohibited but then the meaning of haram in the sanctified state the sanctuary that you are entering okay and the once a person has entered into this The the scholars have three opinions on what is its reality, the actual reality of the takbir itself. The first statement is that it is not valid to enter any prayer, nafal or fard, unless you say Allahu Akbar, by itself, nothing more, nothing less. Without it, there's no prayer. Okay? Not a variation of it, not the... Perfect form of it, not the definite form of it. Al Akbar, Allahu Al Akbar, Allahu Akbar. No, it has to be Allahu Akbaru. Okay? So, Allahu Akbar. That's the only phrase. This is the position of the Hanbali School and the Maliki School. Okay? Rahmatullah alayhim. wa hakadah qaddama akbar ala love. And that's likewise if they said Akbar Allah. Akbar Allah. Which is theoretically the same statement if i say allahu akbar allah is the greatest and 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 i said akbar allah that could also with my intonation i could indicate that the greatest allah right so theoretically i could make even the statement try to be close to the original nope it's rejected according to the correct position the class position the humbly position the maliki position is that it has to be Allahu Akbar and no possibility of it being any other way. The prayer will not start in any other way. The evidence is the hadith Bukhari Muslim that we said, the Prophet ﷺ said, qumta salat, When you stand for the prayer, then say takbir. And the only way that anyone in history has ever say, said the word takbir is say Allahu Akbar. and this is what has been established in sharia it's the only thing that has been said by the prophet ﷺ. never has something different been said by the prophet ﷺ, and it's a command so there is no option in this other than what has just been said no option the second uh, point is um the position of imam abu hanifa now imam abu hanifa alayhi rahmatullah, he said no actually it's allowed to enter the prayer by any form of praising allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is very famous from him it's very famous for this opinion that is similar to allahu akbar so it's well known that in the hanafi school a person can say allah al-azim or allah al-kareem or al-jabbar and 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 what's the evidence for this why did the Hanafi say that you you don't need to say allah akbar you can say uh, the, the famous one that you'll see in the books of the 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 the, the, the hanafi books is you can say allahu kabir Allahu Kabir. They said because actually it's not Akbar which is intended by Allah, but by the Prophet, ﷺ, but that which indicates the same stat- status of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The evidence of the Hanafi school is the statement of Allah, قد أفلح مَنْ تَزَكَّى وذكى رَسْمَ Rabbihi So the translation of this, as we all know in uh, Surah Al Ala, he is the one who has succeeded who purifies himself you know he's a good person he purifies himself okay and who mentions the name of his Lord and then prays? mentions the name of his Lord they said that Allah said in the Quran mentions a name so however you mention the name is good enough Allah Al-Azim Allah Kareem, Allah Kabir anything in the meaning of Allahu Akbar anything else it can work and they said that this is the prayer is valid for such a person to pray with this they said it is sunnah to say allahu akbar but they said that prayer will start by by any way that a person will say it in this kind of manner imam Shafi'i was in between he said that no it has to be allahu akbar but if a person says a version of it like Allahu Akbar, Al Akbar, right? Then that's going to be uh, uh, acceptable. And wal-akbar, wal-akbar, He said, if a person does a version where he says Allahu Kabir, that's going to be acceptable. Or Al Akbar, that's going to be acceptable. So we have three opinions. The majority and the correct position, which is the only way that the prayer starts, is by saying Allahu Akbar. You have the Hanafi position, we have the Shafi'i position, which says, it can be Allahu Akbar, Allah Akbar, Allahu Kabir, Allahu Akbar Allah. You can have versions of it. And then you have the Hanafi opinion, which is that any phrase that, that is similar in meaning to Akbar, they can be accepted. The correct position, as I said, is the position of the majority. What about the ayah? What's the response to the ayah? Anyone know? What's the response to that? Sheikh uh, uh, Muhammad Mukhtar al-Shanqiti, he said that the vast majority of the Mufassireen has said this refers to Eid. That this is referring to the one who has prayed Zakatul Fitr, okay, on the Laylatul Eid. And that, وَذَكَّ That is now those people who are making takbir of takbiratul Eid. So this is for the actual prayer. And then for Salat is the prayer of Eid. So that ayah actually means something completely different. And even if it didn't. And it was general that i was talking about islam and salah in in general the hadith make it very very clear can only be a command that only indicates the actual takbir itself so that's why that is the position a person has to absolutely say allahu akbar and nothing else and um that's i think very important for us because uh this has a, a impact upon the ruling for a new muslim because is it something that has to be said in, by the tongue? What about a person who is a new Muslim? What do they do? Is it something then that has to be said in the heart as well? Does it have more than just a statement on the tongue? The answer is yes. When you say Allahu Akbar, you are saying it in three ways, the scholar said. One, you're saying it upon the tongue. Two, you're understanding the meaning. Three, your heart is expressing it as well. So if a new Muslim was to come who couldn't speak Arabic, what would they do? that person, the only thing that they can't do is say Allahu Akbar in the Arabic, which is going to assume, okay? But they can know what it means and they can say it in their heart. So they will definitely at least say something. That indicates to them the same meaning of Allahu Akbar. That's not the same That's not the same for a person who's mute, a person who can't speak. If a person who can't speak, he has to do salah. There are some scholars that said that he does that. Pretends to say Allah Akbar, which is the biggest nonsense ever. Okay? Because a person is meant to asil say it in his heart. If he says it in his heart and he can't speak on his tongue, he's forgiven for what he can't speak upon his tongue. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as much as you possibly uh, can. Alright, we'll stop there, inshallah. Um, because it's time for salah. And moving on, remember, it's between Maghrib and Isha every single week. Uh, the schedule is up on the uh our website as well if you
3: don't see it then just refresh your
0: page and you yep keep refreshing your page everyone can see uh all of our rest of the Musaleen today is eat for you because we have cakes and donuts and cakes and more donuts and more cakes and more donuts so they will be outside this is all for me for my um <laughs> it's not all for me but we went Umrah. we took our, i took the Umrah group from here and the, the people the sisters and some brothers they've brought lots of gifts for people who are doing umrah so please take some chocolates and sweets afterwards protect this house next week okay (coughs) next weekend weekend after not this weekend oh salah yes we're gonna do salah good yes we do isha from now on everybody yep we're gonna do isha
3: لا
4: إله إلا الله. لا إله إلا الله. استعبو. 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 Words,
2: الله أكبر.
4: خلق السماوات والأرض وأنزل لكم من السماء ماء فأنبتنا به به حدائق ذات بهجة ما كان لكم أن تنبتوا شجرها أإله مع الله بل هم قوم يعدلون امن يجيب المضطر اذا دعاه ويكشف السوء ويجعلكم خلفاء الارض أإله مع الله قليلا ما تذكرون امن يهديكم في ظلمات البر والبحر ومن يرسل الرياح بشرا بين يدي رحمته اله مع الله تعالى الله عما يشركون أمن أم يبدأ الخلق ثم يعيده ومن يرزقكم من السماء والأرض أإله مع الله قل هاتوا برهانكم إن كنتم صَادِقِينَ اللَّهُ <تصفيق> سمع الله لمن حميده الله الله اكبر الله الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين اياك نعبد واياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين انعمت عليهم غير الضالين غير يَظُنُّونَ أَنَّ يَبْعَثُون بلِ الدَّارُ وَكَعِلْمِهِمْ فِي الْآخِرَةِ بَلْ هُمْ فِي شَكٍّ مِنْهَا بَلْ هُمْ مِنْهَا عَمُونَ وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أئذا كُنَّا تُرَابًا وَآبَاؤُنَا أَإِنَّا لَمُخْرَجُونَ لَقَدْ وعدنا هَٰذَا نَحْنُ وَآبَاؤُنَا مِنْ ظن ان هذا الا اساطير الاولين اللهم اغب سمع الله لمن حمده
2: Watch ball. Allahu akbar a lot
4: يا الله وله من
2: Allah hu Akbar Allah hu Akbar Allah